Are you ready? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Around the CFL podcast. Anthony here with you again. And we have another exciting episode coming your way. We have week 12 to look back at. We've got a busy big Labor Day weekend to look forward to. And we have Saskatchewan Rough Rider wide receiver Sean Bain Jr. joining us. But first, let's get to some news. Some sad news this week, longtime coach Rich Stubler, who served as either a defensive coordinator or head coach for six different CFL teams, has passed away. The 74-year-old had 50-plus years coaching with the CFL stops in Calgary, Hamilton, Toronto, Edmonton, Montreal, and BC. He was a member of five Grey Cup winning teams in 86 with Hamilton, 93 with Edmonton, 2000 with BC, 2004 with Toronto, and 2014 with Calgary. He also coached in the college game in the U.S. and arena football. He is going to be very missed around the league. He was very loved and appreciated by many, and it was very sad to hear about his passing. For the first time in 1,415 days, Commonwealth Stadium is home to a winner. Yes, that is right. The Edmonton Elks snapped their record 22-game home losing streak on Sunday with a 30-20 win over the Ottawa Red Blacks. Elks players celebrated the historic triumph by dousing and battled head coach Chris Jones with Gatorade after the final whistle. The Elks hadn't won a game in Edmonton since October 12, 2019. Their home losing streak, a North American professional sports record, not just football, spanned four years, two name changes, and one canceled season. Just five weeks ago, the Elks were shut out at home by the BC Lions, a performance that led to Jones to insert Canadian Trey Ford as his starting quarterback, which was about time. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have named quarterback Jake Dolagata as their starter for the annual Labor Day Classic. The 26-year-old passer threw for 239 yards and three touchdowns in his first career win as a starter in a surprise 34-29 victory over the BC Lions on August 20th. The club was on a bye this past week. Mason Fine, who was originally replaced Trevor Harris as the team's starting quarterback, suffered a hamstring injury against the Montreal Alouettes on August 11th and hasn't played since. Head coach Craig Dickinson originally estimated that the injury would keep Fine out of the lineup for two to three weeks. On Monday, he indicated that Fine is still unable to practice due to the injury. Dolagata signed with the Cincinnati Bengals after going unselected in the 2019 NFL Draft and spent the entire season on their active roster. He later had stints with the New England Patriots, Green Bay Packers, Miami Dolphins, before signing with the Riders in 2022. He's six foot seven and 242 pounds, and he saw action in two games over the course of his rookie CFL season last year. He completed 16 of 35 pass attempts for 154 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions, starting a Week 7 loss to the Toronto Argonauts after a number of players had tested positive for COVID-19. And finally, in a story that I've been following very much on our podcast, Canadian quarterback Nathan Rourke has been waived by the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Last offseason, Rourke worked out for 12 NFL teams, Cleveland, Vegas, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Minnesota, Denver, Indianapolis, Tampa Bay, Arizona, the Giants, the Chargers, and the Raiders and Browns made his final three with the Jags. Rourke had a stellar preseason, completing 23 of 35 pass attempts, which was 66%, for 348 yards and one touchdown and zero interceptions, while rushing 14 times for 39 yards, plus another touchdown. He went viral in his NFL preseason debut against the Dallas Cowboys, garnering the attention of reigning league MVP Patrick Mahomes and millions more with a spectacular touchdown pass after he broke a number of tackles. The Victoria, B.C. native followed it up with another efficient outing against the Detroit Lions, earning praise from head coach Doug Peterson for his poise in the pocket and accuracy. He was expected to play just over a quarter of action last Saturday against the Miami Dolphins, but had his final audition end abruptly after just one drive when the game was called because of a serious injury to an opposing player. Despite his impressive statistics and rave reviews from coaches, the Jaguars made clear throughout the preseason that the 25-year-old Rourke was not in competition for the backup job behind Pro Bowl quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Veteran C.J. Beathard was anointed as the number two after signing a two-year extension this offseason. Sean could have pitched the tent. He was waiting for it all by himself for his second touchdown of this game. Week 12 started out with a bang, including a pick six on the first play of this game as the Montreal Alouettes traveled out to IG Field to take on the Bombers. Even though there was a couple of pick sixes that Kolaros threw, it was 47-17 to for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Cody Fajardo made his return to the field, going 14 for 25, 137 yards, no touchdowns or interceptions. William Stanback only had 8 carries for 32 yards, while Austin Mack was the lone big receiver for the Alouettes, 5 catches, 55 yards. On the other side, Zach Caleros, similar to Cody Fajardo, 16 for 24, but he had 240 yards, 4 touchdowns, and 3 interceptions. Brady Oliveira had 18 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. Nick Dembski had 5 catches for 87, but Dalton Schoen had only 4 catches for 48 yards. Two of them were touchdowns. They'll stare down Jake Mayer here on 2nd and 10. Has to be a quick throw underneath. Bagleton right down the pipe. Home free. Touchdown Stamps. In an absolute shootout on Friday night, the Calgary Stampeders traveled out to BMO to take on the Toronto Argonauts, and it was 39-31 for the Argos in a complete back-and-forth game, which literally could have gone either way out until the dying seconds. For Calgary, Jake Mayer went 25 for 42, 387 yards and 4 touchdowns. Diedrich Mills was quiet on the ground, 8 carries for 46 yards. Reggie Bagleton, 9 catches, 203 yards, 2 touchdowns, and like I said, an absolute shootout. 
Chad Kelly, 20 for 31, 361 yards of his own, three touchdowns, two interceptions that the Stampeders just couldn't capitalize on. A.J. Olette had 13 carries for 82 yards. DeMonte Coxey was back in the lineup, three catches for 102 yards and a touchdown as well. Butler's good at that. And he runs, he flares out, and he gets it. Inside the 10, the 5! James Butler waiting for confirmation. Touchdown number 2 for James Butler. Think he got the cone. On Saturday night, we saw the Hamilton Tiger Cats head out to BC Place to take on the Lions. And in a shocking turn of events, in James Butler's return to BC, it was 30-13 for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Taylor Powell went 18 for 23, 222 yards and a touchdown. James Butler had 21 carries for 118 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He ended going in the air as well. Three catches, 36 yards, and another touchdown. For the Lions, Vernon Adams Jr. still had a really strong night. 26 for 40, 326 yards, a touchdown, and one interception. Taquan Mizell had nine carries for only 49 yards, just couldn't get the rush game going. Keon Hatcher had seven catches for 107 yards and a touchdown, still being a huge impactful player for the Lions. Now forward, out to his left, far side of the field, going back for it. On Sunday night, the Ottawa Red Blacks headed out to Edmonton to take on the Elks at Commonwealth, and the Elks did it. They broke the 22-game home losing streak by a 30-20 win, which was now their second in a row. For Ottawa, Dustin Crum won 17 for 26 with 172 yards. Devontae Williams had 12 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Shaq Evans continues to be impressive since he returned from injury. Three catches for 51 yards. But it's the Edmonton Elks. Trey Ford, 15 for 18, 317 yards and a touchdown. 10 carries on the ground for him as well. 65 yards and another touchdown that he ran in. Kevin Brown also had 14 carries for 68 yards. Eugene Lewis had three catches, 112 yards, including the big touchdown that you just heard. And I'm happy to say the Elks have won two straight and the streak is over. That wraps up a really crazy busy week 12. We'll be right back and we'll be sitting down with Saskatchewan Rough Riders wide receiver number 15, Sean Bain Jr. Our guest today is a true offensive threat. In just 10 games this year, he has already accumulated over 650 receiving yards and two touchdowns. In a receiver room that has been battling injuries, he has been a constant on the field. From the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, number 15, Sean Bain Jr., welcome. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, let's get right to it. Originally from Sarasota, Florida, and you played college football at Northwest Missouri State. How did your path to the CFL happen? Oof. Ah, man, that's a good question. Honestly, it just uh, it kind of just happened. Um, honestly, I, I never knew about the CFL uh in college, like that was never a thing um, because where I'm from, like, you know, the NFL is the thing and 
obviously, like if you look up the Sarasota Bradenton area where I'm from, like there's a ton of guys that have been in the league are still in the league. So um, that, you know, that was the benchmark. So, um, yeah, once I, I went to the Falcons and, and that didn't work out, although it was a great experience. Um, yeah, I just had to we had to weigh the options. I wasn't trying to go overseas. So I was like, OK, well, CFL is the next big thing. And uh, yeah, I kind of just just rolled with it. Um, I kind of just tried to learn the game um, and just trying to, you know, put myself into this game as best I could. And so, um, yeah, that happened and, and Calgary signed. And uh, yeah, that was the rest is kind of history. So coming from the American game to Canada, what was your biggest challenge adjusting? Um. Honestly, a lot. Like the <laughs> the 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 amount of people on the field, like twelve versus eleven, um, the waggle. That was that was tough. I can't lie. Like trying to time up the waggles because there are so many cadences. Um, like that just means you have to know the offense, plain and simple. Um, so the waggle, and I guess I, I guess I would say that. that's about it. Um, the offenses aren't too complex, uh, depending on your position, but. Uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to long, learn multiple. So, uh, yeah, I would just say, like, the, the amount of people on the field um, and then the waggle. You technically joined Calgary in 2020, but 2022 yeah. was a really good season for you. How much yes, more comfortable did you feel on the field in 2022 in that system? I'd I, I say really comfortable. Like, I, I mean, I was up and down there uh, from practice roster to active. Um, so it was it's kind of frustrating, but I definitely practiced super hard. So um, the games were, were kind of easy. I was able to make plays whenever they came to me. Um, and it, it just was, you know, I, I didn't play many positions. I played Z and I played W, mostly W. And so, yeah, I, I guess it was it was fairly it was a fairly smooth uh, introduction from 2020 to uh, 2022. We met at training camp in Calgary last year. So I was so happy to see that you had signed with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this offseason. What led you to decide to go to Ryderville? Oh, Ryderville, man. It, I mean, it was, a, it was a few things. Like, just the opportunity, just the timing from, you know, my, my career. Like, you know, Calgary wasn't going to cut it. It's like I knew I had to move on. And, and, and just how how the whole office felt just about my presence and uh, my ability to, to make plays. So like, I always trusted in myself, but um, it was really cool to see like, you know, you know, Hey, we're drawing up plays. We're trying to get you the ball, you know, X, Y, and Z. So just hearing all those, like, you know, the higher ups um, and just like in pecking order, just having conversations with me and taking time out of their day um, that kind of made me, you know, feel important. Um, so I was just like, yeah, this is, this is the move to make. So you've played with some high-level quarterbacks in the past. You mentioned Atlanta, so there was, you know, Matt Ryan was there. Yes, you just see. spent a few seasons with Bo Levi Mitchell. But this, this year you were going into training camp with a legend, Trevor Harris. <laughs> How excited were you to know you were going to be able to learn from him? My goodness. Once, like, once, he, uh, once they told me, like, that's the QB that they were going to get, I was thrilled. Like, I'm like, let's go. We're going to have – like talk about a breakout season. Like it's it just, it, it'd be super dope to just see where he's, 
what he sees on the field and just small dunk offs and just plays just to, to get me the ball. So I was super, super excited because like you said, he's, he's a legend in my eyes, 10 years and, and counting. Like he's, he's the man is walking on a treadmill right now underwater. Like he's, he's, he just has that mindset. So it's, it's cool to just pick his brain about certain things um, and just, you know, catch passes from him. He's a, he's a perfectionist. So like if it's low, he's like, yo, I'm trying to protect you from a throw. So just catch it and fall. If it's over the shoulder, catch a turn. So like he's he's one of those like, yo, I, I missed you once. I will not miss you again on this type of throw. So really, really a professional in, in, in every area. And in an odd turn of events, you did trade one Dickinson for another with Craig being the head coach of the Riders. How yes, did. How different is it, and how difficult was the transition from Dave's offense to Craig's offense? I would say Dave Dave is a lot more like he explores way more like options. Like he's he he'll get super creative with you know just like the concepts. Like I don't know if he's calling them or if he's doing them, but like like you know when he gives us the week for you know the the play, this is a good play. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, it, it was really cool to just see his concepts. And now I'm not saying that they aren't as creative, but there are definitely some plays where it's, hey, simple, this is what we're doing, we're going to get you the ball here. Um, so it's, it's really cool to just see the both. I'm sure they probably pick each other's brains on, <laughs> uh, you know, on certain plays and things of that nature. So not nothing too drastic, but Dave does definitely, as being a, a former quarterback, he has, you know, some creativity in the injury bug has really bitten the riders on both sides of the ball. You, you're leading the team Absolutely. right now in receiving. How do you stay consistent with so many changes, especially at that quarterback position? It's, it's difficult. Um, honestly, just uh, just remain true in my own craft. I mean, we're like we're all professionals, um, so we're not expecting drop offs when you know the, the next guy is up. You know, obviously, injury is part of the game, so it's really unfortunate. Um, but yeah, just, just, um, like if I continue to do those little things where it's, you know, just basic stuff, uh, framing the ball, uh, you know, just catching it and tucking it and, you know, turning up field, just doing small things, um, just to, just to stay myself and obviously, uh, recovery. I'm I'm super heavy on recovery from massages to chiropractors to normal tech boots, cold tubs, hot tubs. Like I'm, I'm usually on it in every way that I possibly can because, you know, my body's my business. So just just those things, like controlling what I can control and let the rest be what it is. So going to Saskatchewan, when you were in Calgary, there was, there like your name was mentioned on TV, like on the broadcast, whatever. <laughs> this year, you're being brought up constantly on the TSN broadcast. Everyone's talking about Sean Bain Jr. How How does that make you feel going to a new city, a new team, and you're – the guy. <laughs> Sick. Um, honestly, I I I, tr- I don't get a ton of TSN copies, so I, I I'm not really hearing it. My agent, uh, Fred, he's kind of on those things sometimes when he like chops up clips and uh, they'll have some TSN uh, broadcasters mentioning me. But honestly, I I I don't hear much of it. But it is super cool to just be included, man. To be to be uh, t- like I said, included in like what I'm what I'm trying to strive for, which is to just be the best receiver that I can be, whether, you know, if I'm number one or number nine, whatever, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm where I am. Um, so it's, it's really, it's really an honor to just be, 
you know, mentioned with these guys because, you know, the past couple of years I've just been, you know, sitting back uh, watching names be called. So it's, it's pretty dope. Yeah, you're the number one receiver on your team right now. Saskatchewan's not always an easy place to play, not only for the opposing teams, but also for the riders. Does it sure. <laughs> put more pressure on the players to perform in front of this diehard, passionate fan base? Um, I mean, personally, no. Um, this is like, like when you, when you, when you're a kid, like you want these things. You want a packed stadium. You want fans screaming. Um, you want the ball in your hands. You want to be able to be the reason that they're screaming. Oh, let go touchdown! You know what I'm saying? So, uh, for me, no. It's just, you know, just staying crisp, staying sharp. Um, like I said, if I tackle the small things on game day, they'll be screaming for the right reason. So, <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's no pressure at all. You went into your bye week with a huge win over the BC Lions. How important was it to get that win in BC going into the bye? It was great. Um, we just needed it. It, it, it was a, a big character win. Um, and it was just also dope to see, you know, Jake step up at quarterback and, and really make plays left and right. And obviously uh, allowing our receivers to, you know, throw the ball up and make some plays from Sam to Tevin to uh, Smooth, Jay Smooth. So, it's you know, it's, it's, it's really, really cool to just be a part of it. And, yeah, just, just trying to, you know, keep the guys together. Uh, keep the energy, keep the spark in that offense. So, um, yeah, it, we needed it. We needed it just for, you know, the standings and all that good stuff, but just, you know, in that locker room, just so we can lean on one another. Uh, it was announced that Jake is going to be starting as you come out of the bye week. You've got one of the <laughs> biggest games of the year for Saskatchewan, the Banjo Bowl. You've been mm-hmm. a part of the Labor Day Classic before, but how mm-hmm. special is this one going to be in, in Mosaic? <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I know this week of practice is gonna be absolutely crazy, um, um, but I'm I'm super I'm super excited about it. Uh, it's you know it's another game that we can you know put ourselves ahead, but um, just taking it one day at a time. I'm super. It's gonna be crazy. Like so many people have been reaching out for tickets already, uh, and just things of that nature. So clearly, it's it's one of those. So um, I mean, I'm I'm just super thrilled to be a part of it and hopefully we can put up some, some big numbers in this bowl. Not only is it the Banjo Bowl, but it's against the division leading Winnipeg Blue Bombers. How do, how do the riders prepare for this? Plus being two in a row, you've got the home and home, you've got the Banjo Bowl, obviously, but now it's also been, you know, announced that Jake is starting. How, what, what's the preparation like for this? Honestly, it's the same. Like we got to keep the fundamentals strong um, and then build from there. Uh, keep have you know stack up the good days of practice day one two and three um just let the chips fall where they may obviously they're a consistent team uh their offense is high powered um the defense isn't you know great um but the defense definitely makes plays that guys can you know intercept the ball and fly around so um we just you know have to do our part uh, and make the plays when they when they're there um and i think i think we can come out with the victory there's a huge veteran presence on the Bombers' defense, whereas the Saskatchewan offense is young and hungry. Are yeah. you looking to, like, exploit that, basically? Like, the old guys on the defense that you're just going to run around them? <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. That's Like I said, I'm always trying to be that spark, uh, that, that, that goodness um, on the offense. So, yeah, it, it's, 
you know, whatever it may be, um, I'm, I'm just going to be out there running fast and making plays. That's one thing I know I'll be doing. So, yeah, I think, you know, who, who's ever out there, sorry, I feel sorry for them because <laughs> we got a bunch of guys who are ready to play, um, you know, top to bottom. The Riders are sitting at five and five coming out of the bye and into Labor Day. What are some of the keys to success through the back half of the season? Uh, health. Health is the most important one, man. Hopefully we can get some guys back and really uh, start stacking some depth on the on the field. And then um, I say uh, just consistency. We actually have to raise our level, honestly. We can't continue to you know play the same game, which I think we took that step with BC. But I think we just have to raise the level and just be pretty – like be consistent in all phases. Like the defense can make crazy, unbelievable plays. On our offense, we're starting to click uh, slowly but surely, and then special teams. So, yeah, once we get, you know, Mario going in a return game, I think the rest, uh, like once we actually put it all together, I think we're, we're pretty much unstoppable. So um, that, that's what we just have to do the back half. We have to be able to uh, stay healthy um, and then keep taking strides uh, in the upward direction. Yeah, Super Mario is no joke. What can can the fans expect across the country from Sean Bain Jr. and the Riders? Ooh, uh, for me, uh, you know, same old. I'm going to raise my level as well. You know, I just just plan on leading this receiving core to just be better. Like, I'm always on them. I'm not trying to be on them as a – like a, you know, like a dad or anything, but like, you know, as a teammate um, from pro to pro, hey, you know, this is what we need from you. This is what we're expecting. Um, and, and you should expect the same thing from me. So uh, just a, a level of raised awareness all around. Um, some some big plays across the board, a bunch of bunch more touchdowns. He said two. He said, I got two. I was like, dang, that's not enough. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so definitely getting that end zone more. Um, and just and just more be be more victorious across the board. Um, we want to you know get to the Great Cup, but we also have to take it one game at a time. So, uh, yeah, that's I think that's what you can expect from us. You might only have two touchdowns, but you're the team leader in yards. So mm-hmm. obviously they're relying on you to <laughs> get to the red zone, right? So oh, for sure. <laughs> just because you got two touchdowns doesn't mean that you're not a monster in that field. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm definitely tapping wood. And speaking of yards, I the finally I want to bring this up. So it's been reported that there is a certain wager between yeah. yourself and former teammate Reggie Bagleton. Yes. Sir. How did this come about? You know, um, I mean, me and Reg, uh, we we kind of had a solid relationship. Like initially when I met him, and it's kind of just built, um, just understanding you know, each other's games and how much we put into it. So, like, that bond kind of built around that. Um, and then, you know, obviously him, you know, being happy for me signing here. Like, it was just, you know, uh, it was really a, a good brotherhood and just him reaching out and just saying how proud he was. And so uh, it was it was his idea. It was, he just like, yo, like, you want to have a wager, uh, like a friendly bet? I was like, of course. Like, what are we talking? You know what I'm saying? And so uh, we said what we had to say and, uh, yeah, we agreed on it. I forgot. I think it was like a week, maybe like a week, like week four or five. We just like, all right, let's do this. And so, yeah, it was, a, you know, yards after catch wager. And uh, yeah, it's just a, a friendly little bet. Nothing too crazy. So, yeah, he, it's definitely motivating, though. 
So just for some of the fans that listen to the show that might be a little bit newer to the whole concepts of football, what exactly mm-hmm. does your bet entail? So it's yards after catch, correct? Is this, It's the yards after catch, yes. So strictly, not, not receptions, not total yards, um, just yak yards. That's what we just call it yak yards. Yeah. So uh, how much yak can you get? So yes, that is, <laughs> that's, that's the bet. Just so, so yeah, for anyone who's not quite sure what that means, after you catch the ball, it's the amount of yards that you gain by – hauling ass down the field <laughs> correct <laughs> correct <laughs> correct um yeah yep and so yeah he was just like you know obviously between us two um and then you know there were certain you know you'd injured this amount of games this could be you know what i'm saying and things like that so we kind of made it clear and precise about what we want to do so it's, it's, it's definitely cool i need to do it with some more players honestly <laughs> do you know who's in the lead right now no clue no, no. clue do you know no, I don't actually. <laughs> Please tell me. So I don't even. I try not to even look at those numbers and things like that. But uh, yeah, please tell me so we can get to work. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll find out for you and I'll text you after Labor Day. How's that? Sounds like a plan. Sean, thank you so much. I really appreciated seeing you again. I haven't talked to you in a while. I'm Jeez. so happy for you in Saskatchewan. You're doing great, and I can't wait to see what you do for the rest of the year. Man, I thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Definitely good seeing you too, man. It's been a minute. (laughs) Yes, it has. All right. Take care. Get some rest. And yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Done deal. Talk soon. That was our conversation with Sean Bain Jr. Great guy to talk to and super humble and just all around really good dude. And just for the listeners, I actually did find out the results and I did text Sean, so he's well aware of it. As of right now, heading into Labor Day, Reggie Bagleton is at 310 yak yards. Sean Bain Jr. is at 247. So Reggie is just barely in the lead going into Labor Day. I'm pretty sure that Sean's going to catch up and he's going to blow up. And you know what? We're going to put our money on Sean Bain Jr. for this one. Another big category that I kind of want to talk to is defense, specifically the sack race. I love a good defensive game, and I love watching the sack race heating up. As of right now, Matthew Betts of the BC Lions is still leading the league red hot with 12. Florian Ormalade in Toronto is at 9. AC Leonard of the Edmonton Elks is also at 9. While friend of the podcast, former guest Willie Jefferson of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is currently sitting at 8. Now it is time. It is Labor Day. Super excited. One of my favorite times of the year. The Labor Day Classics are coming up. So week 13 kicks off on Saturday. The BC Lions are traveling out to Montreal to take on the Alouettes. I'm positive that the BC Lions will win this one. They're going to be upset. They're going to be hungry. It is going to be a good game. BC Lions. On Sunday, the Banjo Bowl, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers head out to Mosaic and they're taking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This one is tough. Uh, You know, Sean Bain Jr. was a guest of the show this week. Really great guy. The Riders are coming on strong. I would love to see an upset. I would love to see Saskatchewan take this one. I am unfortunately picking Winnipeg, but I would love to see a huge upset in Mosaic. On Monday, the Labor Day Classic, the Edmonton Elks are traveling to Calgary and McMahon Stadium to take on the Stampeders. But before that game, the Toronto Argonauts are heading out to Hamilton and they're taking on the Tiger Cats. 
The Toronto Argonauts should have no problem winning this one. No, I'm not going to say fairly easily because that's disrespectful to Hamilton. But I do think that the Argos will take this one. And then in the evening game, Edmonton, Calgary, McMahon Stadium. I, you know what? I'm going to call upset and I'm going to say the Edmonton Elks. I am going to see Edmonton win this one. I think Calgary will, but I want to see Edmonton. So I would love to see them go 3-0 and in the last three games to come off of that terrible start of the season that they've had. So that's what I'm going to do is I'm saying Edmonton. That is it for us this week. We have lots more to get to next week, including a Labor Day recap. You can always find us on Instagram, uh, what is it now, X, and threads at Around the CFL. And you can find the podcast on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Pandora, iHeart, Google, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. If you're enjoying the show, please go ahead and leave us a five-star review. That's it for us this week, and we will see you later. Later.